Welcome. You're listening to the Peace and Passion Podcast, the place for conscious couples and individuals who want to explore aspects of their relationships as a self-growth evolution. I'm your host, Iman Iskander, and I'm a couples therapist and counseling coach on a mission to shore up your relational life with useful information and tips, as well as inspiration and ideas from the great minds of our guests. So you can skillfully and confidently and mindfully navigate the relationship with yourself and with others and with all of life and its challenges. On with the show. Welcome back. Today, I want to talk to you about why we need mindfulness in couples therapy. It just so happens that it's episode 10. Wow, we've made it to 10 episodes. I'm so excited that we're still here. And it's probably a good opportunity for us to review why the episode is called Peace and Passion and what does that have to do with mindfulness. You see, I have a goal. I have a mission. I have a vision. I want to bring more peace into the world and I want to bring more love into the world. And I'm doing that by working with people on their private, personal, intimate relationships and by working on themselves as well. What for? To find more peace, to find more passion, to find more calm, to find more love, to create that in the inner space and to create it between us and to create a ripple effect where we can get more peace and more love in the world. Yeah, I might be a bit ambitious, but you know, I know I'm not the only one working on this. There's oodles of great minds out there working on building more peace and more passion in our lives and in our world. And boy, do we need it right now with all the stuff that's happening on the international front. Wars, pandemics, fighting, escalations. We need a little bit more of a pause, a peaceful time to just regroup. And it's the same with our couple's work. It's the same in our intimate relationships. We need to rest. We need to pause. We need to evaluate. We need to regroup and have a look at what's happening between us people. What's happening in our intimate lives and what we're doing in terms of building or destroying love. So let's start with unpacking what mindfulness is. Because peace comes from this internal thing that we're calling mindfulness. Mindfulness is really just an ability to become aware. Rather than living from the mind, from the brain, from the cognitive functions, rather than thinking our way through things, mindfulness is the opposite. It's about being here truly, fully, with all of the senses and really immersing in whatever experience is going on. It might be a conversation you're having with someone or it might be doing the dishes or it might be just sitting in the car driving. It's actually being fully present instead of having your body in one place like when you're driving but then your mind's off in a million other directions thinking of your to-do list, who you're going to meet with, where you're heading to, what time is it and you don't even know how you got from A to B most of the time or at least that's how it is for a lot of people. If that's not you then good on you, you are present. But for many of us with the busyness of things we kind of lose the ability to be immersed in the moment. 
And that's what mindfulness is all about. You see, it really is just a state of awareness and it's the way you live your life being here right now. How do we do that? How do we get to that? Well, you've probably heard of lots of meditation practices that help you to become more mindful in the way you live your life. And by the way, that's the difference between meditation and mindfulness. Meditation is a way to become mindful because being mindful is just being more aware, being more present, being more here, being more here now. That's what mindfulness is. How do we do that? It's not flicking on a button. It's nothing more than just training yourself to be focused on whatever is here now. So it's really just shifting your focus. It's a focus exercise, if you like. It's about bringing your attention to whatever is happening here now. Now, I know, I know, if you've never done any of this sort of thing and and if you're trying to be mindful and finding it hard, then all of these words about bringing your attention back here can sound a bit scripted, can sound a bit difficult, can sound a bit, I guess, theoretical. Because what we're talking about is a felt experience. It is so hard to put it into words. It's hard to explain it. Because it's a felt experience of being immersed in here, in now, in being present, in attending to whatever is showing up. One useful way of doing this is to give our mind an anchor, a point, a connection, a way to be rooted and grounded in something and we train the brain to focus on it. And it just so happens that the breath is a lovely point of focus because it's interesting. We can watch it go in and out. We can watch how each breath is different. We can have the long breath and the short breath. We can have a different texture for the breath. Maybe there's even a different emotional tone with the breath. Or perhaps there's even a color with the breath. Or maybe even it's a different temperature. It might be cold as you breathe it in, but once it's gone through the body, it might be warmer as you breathe it out. So I guess there's lots of things to focus on as we're attending to the breath. And so, you know, it sounds simple. Just attend to your breath for a certain amount of time. It just so happens that that's the most difficult thing for people to do. And the reason it's so difficult is because... We are trained to think. I mean, you think about it. Where in the world do we think? We think at work, we think at school, we think in strategies in how to do things. While we're thinking of the shopping list, while we're thinking of the finances, it's all about thought and we get applauded for that. We get rewarded for thinking. And hey, by the way, I'm not saying don't think. I'm just saying choose the time to be thinking when you want to be thinking. But when the thoughts are front and center and you can't leave them behind, when you don't know how to be without thought, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a problem there. And that's why we need the mindful awareness to bring our attention to what's going on in that inner landscape, in that inner domain of us. You know what Harry did? Let me tell you about Harry. 
Who's Harry, I hear you asking? Harry is a composite of all of the people I know. He's everybody and he's actually nobody. He doesn't exist. He's a composite of everybody. Now he does what we all do. So Harry actually came in quite excited and reported to me that he had been practicing every single day. He had been using an app, practicing a mindful awareness practice, and he was really happy with himself. And naturally, I was happy for him too. And so when I asked the question about what was it like, well, he said it was fantastic because finally he could get time to sit on his own and actually just immerse himself in that quiet place, which was lovely, and just attend. I got really excited. I thought, wow, I knew Harry Harry had a problem with anger. Harry was a volatile person. He was never able to stop. He was on the go, go, go. And whenever anyone spoke to him, he would lash out with aggression and anger. He was the most abrasive guy. So I was naturally quite excited. And so when I asked a little bit further about the benefits of this practice for him and what he had worked out, he said, oh, it's an excellent way for me to collect my thoughts. It helps so much because I have the time to really attend and to look at all the planning that needs to be done and to kind of evaluate how things are going for me. And you know what I realized? Harry was thinking his way through mindfulness. He was being mindful by using the time to think through what was going on for him. And you know what, my dear friends? That's just not what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is about becoming aware of where your thoughts are go. Now, did you notice I didn't say stop thinking? Because that's impossible. Our brain is primed to thinking. It's not easy for us to just stop the thinking. So I'm not even going to set that as a goal for you. I'm going to say become aware of where your mind goes and bring it back to a point of focus, the breath. Every time it goes, you just bring it back. But when you're not aware that it's gone and you spend the whole time of your practice thinking through things and you finish and you go, yeah, that was great. (laughs) It's not really a mindfulness practice then. It's a good start, but there's room for improvement, my friend. And so for Harry, we had to talk about, Harry, the moment of mindfulness is the moment when you notice that your thoughts have gone away from your anchor point, which is your breath. That's when you're doing the practice. So the more you're aware and the more you bring it back to the point of focus, the more you're practicing something good that's going to nourish you from the inside. So it was a moment of insight for Harry because he realized that he had spent his time thinking rather than being. The being place is the noticing. It's just the attending. It's not having anything to do, not having anywhere to go not have anything to think about. It's just knowing that you're here, immersed in this moment, breathing. That's what the mindfulness practice is. Now, ideally, what we want is when you start to notice where your mind goes, whether it's on your to-do list or the bad relationship or the crying baby or the, the boyfriend who's said something mean to you or the girlfriend who's just walked out, any of these things, when we notice where our mind goes, we can be more compassionate 
because what often happens is that we're not very nice to ourselves and we judge ourselves and we evaluate ourselves. We're kind of mean to ourselves a lot of the time. And when you notice how you think and how you speak to yourself on the inside, wow, we can bring on that other beautiful inner quality called compassion. And we can attend to ourselves in a different way. We can choose to attend to ourselves in a different way. And that's a byproduct of mindfulness that's ever so beautiful. We don't even do it to build compassion, but it just happens that way. That's why I think everybody needs to practice mindfulness because that peace you're looking for, that love you're looking for, it starts with you. When you practice mindfulness, then you naturally grow those qualities inside and you apply them to yourself first. Because when you have them to give yourself, then you can spread them out and give them to everybody else. It all starts with you. Building the capacities inside of you. Giving them to you as a little gift. Why not? <laughs> Let's turn our attention now to why the practice is so important in relationships and in, particularly in couples therapy. A lot of what happens in couples therapy and in relationships, I guess, you know, it's kind of dysfunctional patterns between people, things that are not working, things that are not so okay, and we want to change them. But when we're in living, doing mode, we get to be reactive and we don't even notice these patterns. Oh, we might notice them, but we don't know how to break out of them. And so here comes mindfulness, this lovely quality which is all about immersing yourself in what's here, becoming aware of the pattern and then slowing things down so you can choose, intentionally choose how you show up. You don't have to go from zero to a hundred in your responses. You see, Harry was angry. He was an angry guy and he said to me, I go from zero to a hundred. I can't stop this anger. That's just the way I am. You'll just have to accept me, he said. Well, not to me, to his partner. But essentially, it was just about, you know, I can't change it. That's just how I am. My dad was angry and my mum was angry and I've just learnt anger. And so I'm just, look, I'm angry. I don't think it's a great thing, but I don't know how to stop it. And so when we introduced mindful awareness, he became aware of the moments when he was feeling like he was going to explode. And that's important for anger that you nip it in the bud before it happens. We also noticed the impact it was having on his partner. Sally was not in a good way. She was living with fear because you know what? Angry men make women fearful. Just like angry women might make men fearful. But in this scenario, Sally was scared because he would get really angry. She wasn't used to being around anger. It wasn't in her family. She was a soft, softly spoken person. So what did she do? Oh, she withdrew. She shut down. She didn't want to be around that energy. And that's the impact it was having on his relationship. She was slowly withdrawing. She was slowly living her own separate life. So there was no relationship. They weren't being relational. But with mindful awareness, when you cultivate that inside of you, you get the ability to choose how you respond. It provides you with the ability to slow down and pause and reflect and then choose a response that's more appropriate. 
If you don't want to be scaring your partner, then you just might want to show up differently with a bit of calmness, with a bit of tenderness. You might want to say things in a way that invites them to communicate with you. And that's true not just of anger or any of these other things that creep up in between people in relationships. It's true of worry as well. When you're the worrying kind of person and you notice that when you stop and pause to do a mindfulness practice, your thoughts take you to worry land where you are thinking about things in the future that could happen that are not so good. That's why it's worry. If they were good things, you'd get excited. But when you think about things that could happen in the future, mind you, they're not happening, but you're saying they could happen, then you can get caught up in that ruminating pattern of worry about things that haven't happened yet. And you know what happens to relationships then? Well, there's a pattern. You notice the impact of the predicting the worst possible outcomes. And you notice that there's rumination, that you're caught in your own train of thoughts. And if it's gloom and doom and worry about the relationship or worry about something else, it might lead you to avoid once again. Or maybe you'll just tread on eggshells and feel really unsure and uncertain of what to say and what to do. And so that is never a healthy thing in a relationship because we want you to show up with your whole self authentically and have a good conversation. But with mindfulness practice, regular practice, I'm not talking about a day here and a day there, regular practice, we can change the neural circuitry in the brain. We can rewire our brain so we're more able to notice the patterns. We're more able to notice where the thoughts go and we can make decisions from that. It's just about the awareness piece. It's not about getting somewhere or being someone. It's just about being right here, noticing what's going on. And when you notice where your mind goes, you can actually make a choice to take it somewhere else if you want. Or you can just choose not to engage with those thoughts. Let them go. Know your pattern and say, hey, that's not me. That's not useful. And let them go. You don't need those thoughts. So it's not about engaging with them. It's letting them be, letting them go. That's how you become mindful. But before I finish this little podcast today, it wouldn't be right for me not to know to, not to talk to you about the biggest benefit of mindfulness. And that's the impact it has on handling emotions. We've already talked about worry and we've already talked about anger. And we've demonstrated that you can use the practice to help you contain those big wobbly emotions. You see, it really is an internal skill in handling emotions. Emotions happen in an arc. We talk about the emotional arc. Emotions tend to rise inside of you and they peak and then they fall. With mindfulness, you're able to watch this arc. Not engage with it, just watch it like an observer and let the emotion move through you. It doesn't have to own you and control you, just move through you. And that is something that's beautiful if you can build those skills inside of you. And I know you can using a mindfulness practice. What do we mean by a mindfulness practice? 
Yes, I know there are many, many apps out there and they are useful as a starting point. So I would recommend using the apps. If you want some help about finding the right app, you can look on my website or you could even send me a DM or a message. The other way is to move past the apps and perhaps to do longer practices on your own, just free falling. Or maybe a guided practice where someone's talking to you, but a bit longer than the 15 minutes that some apps provide. So we want you to be practiced for longer periods and we want you to be doing it for longer each day. Maybe aim for 30 minutes or even longer. But let's go for 30 minutes per day for how long? An extended period, as long as you can, because we want to build the quality in you. And before you know it, you'll be able to take those qualities into every part of your day and become mindfully aware as you live your life. And as you experience emotions, big, heavy, wobbly emotions, you don't have to engage with them. You don't have to get caught by them. You can watch them, let them do their thing and move through you. And that, my friend, creates a peaceful presence in you. When that's hard to do and you're challenged by it, you can learn to love yourself by applying compassion to the struggle that you're having, to the fact that you may be finding it difficult. Applying the quality of compassion to yourself is actually self-love. It's a way of giving to yourself. And when you can give to yourself, you can give to the people around you. First to you, then to your intimate partner, then to the people on your outer circle, maybe acquaintances or friends or colleagues, and then to the rest of the world. One person at a time, one journey at a time, one group at a time, one team at a time. We start slowly and build up from there. But I really do believe that cultivating peace and passion in your life is the way to be. It's the secret to a happy life, cultivating more peace and passion first internally and then through your intimate relationship and then on to other relationships as well in your life. This is the pathway of growth and evolution. That's the material that I discuss in my GROW program, which is a personal evolution program to become more relationship ready, first by working on yourself and then taking those qualities into the relational domain and improving your intimate relationships. So let's sum up now. Let's summarize what we've just done. We've said that mindfulness is the way to peace and it's about awareness and it builds internal compassion as well. We said it's important for relationships which are all about love and connection so peace and passion go together like peanut butter and jam. <laughs> it is important in relationships because it helps you break the dysfunctional patterns that can destroy your love and lead to fighting and escalation and war and avoidance and aloneness. And no one wants that in their relationship. So use it. Practice mindfulness. Use it effectively to connect with your emotions and help them move along through you. If you want to immerse yourself in these qualities, if you want to build those capacities inside of you, join my GROW program. Look on my website and hang in there because I'll be advertising it soon. The doors don't open throughout the year. 
they open only for a limited time because I really like to help the people that I work with. So I only take small groups into the program. But hang in there, look out for it. You'll be seeing some advertising soon. Take good care now. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Peace and Passion podcast. If you'd like to stay in contact, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you like something here or if something resonated with you, I'd love your encouragement to keep this going. You can do that with a review, a like or a share, or just by telling someone that you think will benefit from hearing this podcast. Take good care now.